Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics. How you doing? Welcome to the Fantasy MD's baseball podcast. Today is Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. Sorry we're coming at you a little uh, late this week. You know, things have been a little hectic. Uh, both Matt and I's schedule has been, you know, a little changing up over the past, you know, few weeks here. Uh, once again, we truly apologize for missing you earlier in the week, but we got an action-packed episode. We got a bunch of good names for to add for the weekend and going into next week if you're playing next week. Um, so, you know, pay attention. Once again, um, we ask if you guys have been enjoying the podcast, you've been along for the ride, if we've helped you out all this year all we ask is wherever you listen or watch you know a little five-star review um if you write a little review too it goes a long way to you know get the md's outreach out there and uh, if you watch it on youtube you just hit the little bell below it subscribes to us and it will let you know every time we drop a new episode i'm your host dominic martino here with my brother co-host partner in crime matthew Ane. matt how are we doing today brother man doing great i got a little glenn levin in the cup i'm chilling man. there we go very nice very nice brother man so, you know, everyone, we're getting crunch time here. You know, we hope everyone's doing well in their leagues. Uh, if you're if you're in the championship this week, once again, we got a lot of good names to add for the end of the week. If you're playing into next week, once again, a bunch of guys that could help you. So stay tuned for the waiver wire segment. But, you know, as we do, if you're here, if you're new here, we usually do the finger on the pulse first. And that's just a little something that Matt and I, whatever's in the news, you know, whatever's going on with baseball, we try and give our opinions on it. So here's one that we actually haven't touched on yet. Um, we, Matt and I just wanted to, you know, give our thoughts and opinions on the rule changes for 2023. So things are going to look a little bit different next year. You know, things are, things are definitely going to change. Things are definitely going to change. One thing that I will throw out there first, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this is that every team will play each other next year. I don't think that's going to have a huge impact, but you know, it is pretty cool that, you know, finally we'll get an even playing field as far as I'm concerned, you know, where every team has to play each other at least one time. So, you know, that I don't know how much that's going to affect fantasy. I don't really think it will, but these next three, rule changes definitely definitely will affect fantasy baseball going into next year so we're going to go through them there's three three major ones here and we're going to go through them one by one and give our thoughts and opinions the first one is the pitch clock the pitch clock is you know coming up from the minors that saved them about a half hour on games this year down in the minors so they're going to implement it implement it into the mlb for next year it's a 15 second pitch clock with the bases empty and then you get 20 seconds um if there's men on base so with that being said, um, I actually have the guys, a list, the list here of who takes the longest to, you know, make their pitches. Right. And I'm just going to point out some names that I think are interesting here. Um, we got Kenley Jensen, um, the closer for the Atlanta Braves. It's a lot of relief pitchers here, um, ironically. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what that means here, but, you know, uh, these guys are definitely going to have to speed it up. So once again, um, Kenley Jansen's number one. He takes the longest out of every single pitcher in the MLB to get his pitches to the plate. Um, then you got Devin Williams. You know, he's uh, he was in the closer mix there for a little bit in Milwaukee. Um, then who else do we got here when I'm looking down this list? Got Liam Hendricks for the White Sox. Another guy, you know, going to have to be a little bit quicker with his pitches. Shohei Otani, actually, he's the first starting pitcher that I see here of any significance. He takes a little bit to get that ball to the plate, so he's going to have to speed things up a little bit, you know, if he wants to, you know, not get penalized for this pitch clock. Um, I see Josh Hader here. I see um, not too many other starting pitchers. It seems like it's really a lot, a lot of relief pitchers. I see Craig Crimble here. The next um, starting pitcher of note I see is Chris Bassett. 
So, you know, um, those are just some names that you want to pay attention to next year that might have to be a little bit faster getting the ball to the plate. And um, that's that's really that. I forget what the exact penalty is. Um, I believe it's um, an automatic um, a ball. I believe if you take too long, I believe that's what it is. I'm not 100% sure. But as far as, you know, things go, as I said, you know, Shohei Otani, Chris Bassett, made, uh, two big starting pitchers there. Then you got um, Jansen and Liam Hendricks, two big-time closers there. Um, so you're going to want to be a little bit more careful drafting those guys going into next year as far as I'm concerned. Matt, any thoughts on the pitch clock uh, coming into the major leagues next year? Um, I think the players will adjust. I don't see like that happening too often. Maybe like the first month we might see even the first two weeks, th- those kind of errors. But I'm more of on like, if anything, like for instance, Kenley Jansen, that may mess with his timing, with his time. maybe mess with him in general and how, how he goes through his his mental rotations in terms of pitching and things like that. And it could affect pitchers in general until they kind of adjust. Hopefully they're doing things in the off season to really do it. Plus, you know, spring training is really going to make, make it, you know, make or break a lot of players too and show how they're going to be with the pitch clock. So I'm sure that's going to be implemented, but you know, outside of that, I, I can't really speak to it until it actually happens, but um, yeah, yeah, fair enough, but let's talk about, you know, the, the other rule change um, bases are going to go from 15 inches 18 inches. Now, three inches is a pretty, pretty, pretty big difference. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, you good, you good, brother. It's um, you know, women say you know inches every inch matters. So I mean, in, in baseball, that's about the same. So I never heard that from me. But you know, anyway, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it, it's going to help this the the base runner. It's going to help the 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 guy that likes to steal bases. It can increase the bait, um, stolen bases activity next year. And, you know, guys that chip away at bases and usually get caught, that may help them astronomically. But, you know, there's also a defensive aspect to it, too. So it's going to be really interesting to see whether whether steals go up or steals go down or whether guys are getting caught more often, whether that can help hurt you more in points leagues. So, like, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting rule change. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if it's for the best. Uh, we'll see how it pl- kind of plays out. Um, you know, it's going to really make those, make that sprint like three inches shorter, which, you know, nine out of 10 times, that's usually all it is within inches of that quick double play. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting season next year with that rule change. Yeah, Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm fully, I'm, I'm agreeing on most of what you're saying here in the sense of, I think it's going to help the fast guys, right? I think it's going to help the guys, um, you know, that are really fast from base to base. So what I actually have pulled up here is it's um, a few different stats. I think the most significant one is though, is um, I have sprint speeds from home, home plate to first base for this year. And I'm just going to, once again, like I did with, um, you know, the pitch clock thing, I'm going to point out some names here that I think, um, might be benefiting from this, you know, from this rule change. Um, the first one here, he hasn't played a lot of games yet, but he is the fastest guy from home plate to first base, and that's Corbin Carroll, rookie of the Arizona Diamondbacks. The kid's 21 years old. I think um, has a high, high ceiling next year. I don't know how highly drafted he will be, but if you can get this guy near the end of your draft, it's somebody I'm certainly going to be fairly high on going into next year. He's, you know, shown pretty well so far this year. Once again, Corbin Carroll, Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, then in third place, we got Shohei Otani, man. And he's and he's played pretty much all year, and he's super fast. Only takes him 4.08 seconds to get to um, home plate to first. So I think Shohei could be in for a few more steals next year. Um, forgot to mention Corbin Carroll is 4.04 seconds from home plate to first base. 
Um, who else do we got here on this list? Matt, we actually got one of your boys. Um, we got Mr. Bobby Witt Jr. He's 13th fastest in the league. Takes him 4.13 seconds yeah, to get from home plate to first. Yes, he sure Woo! is, my brother. I think he'll be in for a boost in steals next year. I think he's almost at 30 already, if I'm not mistaken. So mm. I think he could be in for a little increase next year. And then uh, another guy right ahead of him on the list is uh, Trey Turner, who I think also could be in line for a couple more steers next year. Um, by the way, we're on Aaron Judge watch right now. He's batting in the bottom of the fifth inning for the Yankees against Michael Waka. I will let you know if he gets 61 right now. You know, I got the Aaron Judge jersey on. So, you know, in New York here, you know, this guy is a uh, guy's a god at this point. But uh, to get back on track here, a couple more names I'll throw at you. Uh, Mr. Stephen Kwan, who's having, you know, a pretty strong year. Another guy, 16th on this list, 4.16 seconds to get from home plate to first for Mr. Kwan. Once again, could be nice little snag at the end of your drafts if you're looking for a little bit of steals, a little bit of batting average. Um, then we got Cedric Mullins, you know, guy, I think he's got about 31 steals on the year. He's 17th on this list. Uh, Byron Buxton, you know, Mr. The, Mr. Flanges himself. Uh, you know, I mean, he's pretty fast, but, uh, you know, he's got to stay on the field. Uh, Jorge Polanco, what an interesting name, right? Let's let's give uh, this guy a little bit of attention for a second. He's been banged up all year, tough year for the guy. Um, I think he's a big, big bounce back candidate for next year. He is 22nd on this list. I think he could have, you know, a huge bounce back year, um, including a few more steals, at, um, you know, with the – his sprint speed is 4.18 seconds from home plate to first. So I think that could help him out. Let me just run by a few more names here. Who else do we got? We got Gavin Lux on this list at 25th. We got Jazz Chisholm at 27th. Uh, somebody we're going to talk about later. Somebody we're going to talk about later in this podcast, but I do want to point out another rookie, Gunnar Henderson, 29th on this list. Um I'm absolutely in love with the kid. I think he, I think he is going to be an absolute star in this league. Takes him 4.19 seconds from home plate to first. Once again, that's Gunnar Henderson. Uh, somebody you definitely want to keep your eyes on for next year. I think he's going to be maybe overdrafted, but it might wind up being worth it. So, um, you know, you want to stay tuned with uh, Mr. Gunnar Henderson. And then you got Ozzy Albies at 32. And uh, Matt, another one of your boys here, MJ Melendez, actually super fast for a catcher. He's number 38 on this list. So I could see him getting, you know, a few more, you know, steals next year as well. Um, so, you know, with, that, with all that being said, you know, those are some guys that you might want to look out for next year might be affected by this new rule. You know, the base is getting about three inches bigger. So then the last one here is the shift rule, right? This one is another this super interesting. This one's another super, super interesting rule, right? So now this exact rule is going to be you need to have two men on either side of second base. So that means on the right side of second base, you need to have two guys. On the left side of second base, you need to have two guys. And they both, they, all four of them need to be on the infield when the pitch is thrown. So very, very interesting. It is going to affect a lot of, I think, left-handed hitters. Once again, I do have a list here of, you know, I've got, I got some cool stats for you guys today. These are the most shifted on players um, this season. Number one, don't really think he's going to matter too much, but he's actually been shifted on 98.8% of the time. That's Carlos Santana, veteran. You know, I don't know how much it's going to affect him. He's getting a little bit older, but you know what? That He used to be a pretty decent batting average guy. His batting average could climb up a little bit. Um, somebody else we're going to talk about later on this podcast. The be I think the best nickname in uh, baseball, hands down, the Italian breakfast, Mr. Vinny P, Mr. Vinny Pasquantino. He's actually number five on this list. He's been shifted on 95% of his at-bats. Um, I know Matt and I are both really high in going into this uh, next year. This could make him go even further because if he can get uh, near the batting averages he had in the minors 
um, with the shift being uh, less effective on him now. Uh, it's the sky is the limit for the kid. He's got a lot of power, a lot of discipline. I think he's uh, one of the next big things in baseball as well. Uh, Jose Ramirez, number seven, a guy who's already one of the best players in baseball. We could even see a little bit more uptick in the average department uh, with Jose Ramirez. He shifted on 93.7% of the time. Um, Corey Seager, somebody who's actually had a down year um, as far as batting average goes. I think he could bounce back in the batting average department because he's number 12 on this list, shifted on 92.3% of the time. Um, I think this is one of a fingers crossed type of ordeal here with this next guy, Cody Bellinger. Really, really, really disappointing year for him. He's number 16 on this list. Uh, He shifted on 91.3% of the time. Right under him is somebody Matt and I were talking about the other day, uh, Mr. Kyle Tucker. Batting average isn't what you would want it to be. I think he's sitting around 265, 268, somewhere around that department. What was that? 248. Okay, 248 at the moment for Kyle Tucker. But I do think that sky is the limit for this kid. I think he's going to be, what, 25, 26 years old next year. He shifted on 90.4% of the time. 262. All right, there you go. So he's he's in the 260 range. But I think that's going to bounce up for him next year's number 17 on this list at 90.4. Somebody that's super interesting, Joey Gallo, right? Goes over to the Dodgers, wakes up, starts playing a little bit better. He's had a couple of years in the past where we all kind of believed it was happening, where he's, you know, that I forget what year it was, maybe three, four years ago, he got hurt halfway through the season and he was hitting like 250, 260. And everyone thought that, oh, Joey Gallo got the light turned on. Maybe with the shift going away, somebody you take at the end of your draft next year, a little power, batting average might come up 230, 240. And if he does that, guy could hit 50 home runs. Not banking on it, but he could. He could do it. Um, and then let's last throw up two more guys here. Um, you got Kyle Schwarber, you know, somebody who's hit 40 home runs this year, but the batting average is abysmal. I think he's sitting like 210, but he shifted on 80, 89.7% of the time. Could see that batting average come up once again. Guy hits, you know, guy like Kyle Schwarber hits 230, 240, 250. 50 home runs is not out of the question. And then another interesting name, Max Muncy. Another guy, been banged up all year. Um, in previous years, the guy hits about 250, 260, a lot of home runs. Um, next year, if he could wind up, you know, not with this new shift rule, guy that shifted on like Muncy 89.3% of the time, could definitely be in for, you know, a better season next year. Matt, any thoughts here on anyone I've spoken about or just the rule in general and how it will affect these guys? I think you're spot on with the with the people he chose. I, I think the rule helps a lot of people, especially batting average. You're probably going to see an uptick next year because now guys that like they can't really adjust for where they're going to be, which is great. So now like you can have guys that just like instead of selling out for power, they can just place the ball. They know they can now. There's not going to be somebody waiting for exactly where they feel comfortable hitting the ball. It's going to be it's going to be good for fantasy baseball. It's going to be bad for watching real baseball. Is how I'm going to put it because it's like why can't they be there? At the same time, it's like, hey, like, you know, hey, my guy's hitting 400, but it's like everybody's going to hit 400 next year. Maybe not 400, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those things where it's like good for fantasy, bad for real baseball. I like the rule, though, because, you know, what, it is annoying too. like you can completely scheme it out. And it's not like you're like you're playing like a base basketball where it's like a two, three zone and you're forced to play two, three. You know, the like guys can still shoot the jumper and guys can still drive in the hole, you know. Whereas like baseball, it's like there's like a seventy percent chance that Freddie Freeman is gonna hit it right here, and I'm just gonna stand right here and he's gonna hit it right to me. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's crazy how that works. I do want to throw out one more thing since I'm I'm looking at this in the, in a little bit more depth now. Out of the the seventy most shifted on players in the MLB, 
only two right-handed hitters. So 68 of the most shifted on hitters in the MLB this year were all lefties. So I would definitely take that into consideration. I think a lot of lefties, and I'm surprised actually that I don't see Anthony Rizzo as high on this list as I thought he would be, because that's somebody that, you know, you think of with the, you know, the big time shift. He's actually number 46 on this list, Anthony Rizzo. He shifted on 83.9% of the time. He's definitely somebody that I could see having a big bounce back year as far as average goes, because, you know, he's kind of been known for, you know, a decent average his whole career. But with that being said, you know, we'll leave the rest of this analysis to come next year when we get into our prep. Uh, just wanted to give you guys a couple of news and notes if anyone's interested in, you know, going into next year. I know a lot of people are out of it at this point. And, uh, you know, definitely give you something to look forward to. You know, get your, get your studying now at least a little bit if you're out of it. If you're not playing fantasy football and focused on that, it gives you something to do. Um, I got all of these stats. Um, Baseball Savant, it's a very good website for in-depth stats. Just wanted to give a little nod to them, you know, for the help today with the episode um, with all these great statistics. If you want to go, again, look up these stats, BaseballSavant.com. Just type in uh, sprint speed. Um, you got um, shift uh, shift leaders. And then you got um, pitch, uh, pitch times. Those are the three things that that I was looking at here mainly. But with all that being said, we're going to head into the news and notes. Matt, you know the routine. My brother just cut me off if I'm ranting too much or if there's anything that you would like to add. So uh, let's go for it. This one kind of sucks, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't I don't even own the guy anywhere, and I just feel absolutely horrible for him. Ozzy Albies heads back to the IL after he fractured his right uh, pinky finger on Sunday. He had just returned on Friday, so the guy barely gets, you know, two games in before he heads back to the IL. He's going to be out a while, it seems like. That's good for what's his face, uh, though. Um, Von Grissom. Von Grissom, yeah. yes. Von, that means Von Grissom stays in the lineup, and he's actually been, you know, doing his thing still. Uh, another guy that I think is going to be uh, very, very highly drafted next year and uh, very well should be as long as he's got a starting spot on that Atlanta Braves team. Well, I mean uh, – Then we got – go I mean, ahead, my brother. Yeah, let's let's talk Von Grissom. Go for it. Swanson's also on a, is on a contract here. So, oh, is he? Okay, there you go. Yeah. And Swanson's and, uh, having a monster year this year. Right. You know, we'll go into my next season talk about you know who's on contract years. But anyway, um, it's one of those things where I think they're going to Freddie Freeman him. They're not going to want to pay him. Swanson's going to want to get paid. Grissom's going to step up and just take the starting role. And Ozzie Albee's going to play second. He's going to have short and second. It's going to be a really nice fit. And Grissom is just looking like another gem out of the freaking Atlanta Braves back pocket. The Atlanta Braves is probably the best farm system in baseball. I think the Cardinals are right there with them, but the the Braves seem to do no wrong at, at all with prospects, especially this year. Yep. And Matt, great, great transition here to our next man, uh, Mr. Spencer Strider. Unfortunately, it looks like he's going to have his next start pushed back. He's dealing with a little bit of a sore oblique. So we'll keep you uh, tuned on that one as what's happening here with him tomorrow. Um, I was hoping that he pitches this week too. I got a couple right. of tough matchups here. So, you know, I definitely I could always use my boy Strider's help. <laughs> I got a box for the game tomorrow. I'm pretty hyped. So I was hoping. Oh, there you go, tomorrow. my brother. Very nice. Very, very nice. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're going to keep it pushing here. I've uh, got a New York Yankee on the list. Frankie Montas heads to the IL with uh, right shoulder inflammation. You never want to hear that from a starting pitcher. He's so, done. you know, 
Yeah, he. I don't know how much we're going to rely on him for the rest of the season. So, you know, hopefully he could just come back strong for next year. Um, we actually uh, – I, I should have put this guy with the Atlanta Braves, but um, I guess I messed that one up. Ronald Acuna was scratched from today's lineup with a little back stiffness. He's day-to-day for now. All, all, so many, so many back injuries at this point in the year. All these guys swinging the bat as hard as they do. You know, that back is always going to tighten up, stiffen up on them a little bit. But, you know, a couple days off usually can uh, help that thing out. Uh, then we actually have Mike Soroka as well, another Brave. Um, he was placed on the minor league IL with uh, soreness in his throwing elbow. Horrible news for Mike Soroka, who just can't catch a break. I think we add him to the flanges list. The guy literally cannot stay on the baseball field, and it's just it's tough for the kid. You know, he had so much promise, but um, at this point, I don't know how much I, I'm. I want to draft him going into next year, even if he is healthy. Somebody, I'm somebody, I'm probably putting on the avoid list for next year. To be honest I, with you, I want to cry. Like one of my favorite, kid can't catch a break. One of my favorite pitchers, like in a while. Like it is upsetting. Like he, he could be so good, and it's not yeah. even like a plan. He's like these are like random, random stuff. Like nothing soft tissue, right? My man steps wrong uh, and blows his Achilles up twice. Then it's his elbow. Yeah. Like these are not things that you could prevent, you know. Like it's not like okay, we're dealing with the elbow, issue. maybe. Not really. You throw a slider. If you throw a slider, there's a you, you uptick by like sixty percent of getting Tommy Johns and having yeah, just, like having a guy. You got to figure it out. Got to got to figure it out to stay on the field, my man. Bro, you not you could do about your Achilles. Oh, the Achilles, I'll give you, but the elbow is, you know, pitch mix, you know, the, his, his where he's releasing the ball. Got to be something they could fix with him there. Yeah, but like I'm you just know, saying, though, like the injury label tag and the flangey tag can't really be there because he just re-hurt his Achilles, which is uncontrollable. The, yeah, elbow, yeah. the elbow is, I'm getting ramped up. This is the first time I've thrown in two years, three years yeah. almost. So, like, to be expected. I'm, it's not like I'm going to rank him in my top 50 next year. He's going to be in, like, my, my last couple of rounds, and it's like, Hey, this guy could be a hidden gem. Yeah, I mean, he's not like all the way up there. But you know what? He's secretly going to be my Dallas Keuchel pick. Um, Sidebar, guys. Um, You know the year Dallas Keuchel won the Cy Young? He was the last pick of my draft in every baseball league I did. Last pick. Matt gets credit for him. Nobody nobody even knew who he was. Oh, who's Dallas Keuchel? Yeah, won the Cy Young that year. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Soroka's got that kind of upside anymore. But you know what? He could. He's if, like 24, if, 25, but that's just yeah. me. If you're in, if you're in a deep league, you know, and you want to throw your last pick at the kid, I'm not going to blame you. But personally, I, I'm probably going to head in other directions with my picks. I'm not, I'm not much of a believer at this point anymore. The how this kid's literally been banged up this his whole career. You know, had like one full year, and that's you know, this that's could also that. just be a ploy to just keep him down so they don't have to use him until next year. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, let's keep it pushing here with the news and notes. Um, another guy with a back issue, Julio Rodriguez, left today's uh, game um, with lower back tightness again. Uh, he was out, I believe, Monday, Tuesday, you know, Wednesday, or was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. He was out three games in a row, then he came back for two games, and now he's out again. Uh, I think Seattle's got to just let the kid sit down to that back feels right. And once again, this is this, we've talked about situations like this with, you know, guys like Acuna, guys, you know, like um, like that type of stuff, you know, uh, that just want to – and Eloy him is another guy that just want to be out there all the time want to do everything they can to help the team win want to jump up and down you know or dive or after every ball these young kids got to realize you know that um they don't have to do it all you know and if you need a week off take a week off you know so uh, then once again 
Julio should be fine sooner than later, but I would not be surprised if, you know, Seattle wants to rest this kid until the playoffs because, you know, Seattle is going to try and make a run here. So, you know, uh, just keep your eye for Julio ramping, ramping down here until the playoffs come. Then you got Jose Altuve. He's day to day after taking a pitch off his elbow on Wednesday. He didn't suffer anything serious. Um, the MRIs came back clean. He should be back later this week. Um, some good news here as far as uh, starting pitching goes. Freddie Peralta, you know, um, sh- with the shoulder soreness. The uh, Brewers are saying he could be activated to start this Sunday against the Reds. He threw a successful bullpen session Monday. Don't know how deep he will go into that game, but you know what? The Reds are a great matchup. And if you got Freddie Peralta, get him ready and activated for Sunday because, once again, very good matchup for uh, big Freddie P, who's been kind of disappointing this year with injuries himself. Then we got Trevor Story was finally placed on the IL um, after suffering a uh, heel contusion on his left foot. So, you know, um, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. The Red Sox were playing games with that one, waiting as long as they could to put him on the IL and uh, finally did. And then the last one here, um, this one's kind of interesting. If he's available in your league, didn't put him in the waiver wise segment because I believe he's too highly owned for that. But if David Bednar is available in your league, um, he was activated from the IL today. He could be in line for saves for the Pirates, you know, down the stretch. He's put up great numbers on the year and a bunch of saves for those Pirates, too. You know, I mean, they're not in many games, but if he's available in your league, at least he's going to give you good numbers and he will most likely be, um, you know, uh, helpful down the stretch. Yeah, so, uh, guys, that's it for the news and notes segment. Um, You know, you guys are probably tired of hearing me ranting and talking, so I'm going to pass it off to you, Matt, my brother. Who are we going with first uh, as far as uh, waiver wise segment goes today? Well, like always, we'll start with a bat, and um, we'll roll with uh, my boy, the Italian breakfast, Vinny Pasquadino. Big Vinny P. Yeah, my man is is just ridiculous this year. Um, You know, finally coming off that injury after a month, and – you know, he hasn't really, like, taken off yet. He hasn't done much. He has four ribbies in the last week, which is fantastic for a guy coming off the I.L. Um, he's batting about 429 over the week since he's been back. So, you know, that's another positive sign. It means that that pop is about to, about to make its way through. Um, you know, he's somebody that I'm really considering into the next year as one of my late round. Like, not late round, but, like, one of those guys that, like, I'm really excited for. And keep a league. He's somebody I'm trying to stash. He's going to be another great first baseman for going in the next year. I mean, on the year, you know, before he got hurt in 208 at-bats, he had 18 runs, eight bombs, 20, 20 ribbies, and batting 269. You know, that's really solid stats for a guy that's, you know, first 200 bats at-bats in, in major leagues, period. You know, most guys don't come up and translate that. This kid is just an absolute monster. Power is unlimited. That Kansas City team is just ridiculous. And, you know, we're trying to make that playoff push into the weekend, right? Like, that's a way to roll. He's playing Seattle. For the, for the next three days, right? So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? That's your championship. Then he gets Detroit. Well, that's next week. So you know, if you're in a if you're in a good league, you're not playing next week. Sorry, Jay. Um, and um, you know, it's one of those things where the, the Seattle's pitching isn't like stellar, right? And I, Gilly is the only one pitching this weekend that I know is a stud. And you know what? Even Gilly is is still young. He gives up a good good game. So I'm not scared to play him against Gilly. So it's one of those things where this is the matchup to go. This is, this is the time, right? We're in a three-day focus. There's a bunch of series starting tomorrow. These are the pitch players you got to pick up and go for that W. Who's going to get those, those counting sets for you to get you that championship at the end of this week? Vinny's going to do it for you, hands down. Yeah, man, I, I, I agree with 
you as far as this kid is just one of the absolute best young talents in baseball. I um, mean, read off his stats on the year. They're absolutely fantastic. As far as I'm concerned, we look, we've been talking about a lot this year, how, you know, a lot of these young kids come up and don't translate right away. Um, Vinny P had his, you know, little week or a week and a half, maybe even two weeks of transitioning. But then when he got hot, he got red hot. You know, he was just, you know, tearing the cover off the baseball. He's on a nice little seven game hitting streak. So he's absolutely on fire right now. On September 17th, he went three for five with three RBIs. The day after on the 18th, he went two for four with an RBI. So, you know, Vinny P, the Italian breakfast is heating up here. He's only 26% owned on Yahoo. Um, the kid's 24 years old, so you know, absolutely love him for next year. Um, I, I was do I was looking over, you know, getting ready to um, you know, start my uh, rankings for next year, and Vinny P was somebody that at first base I said, I just kept moving him up and kept moving him up, and I was like, I love this kid. I think you know he's going to be absolutely fantastic. We were talking about how he's one of the most uh, shifted on players so far this year, right? So with that shift change in the minors, Vinny P, Vinny P was um, you know, uh, absolute average guy. Oh, Giancarlo Stanton with a little home run puts the Yankees up three nothing. We'll take that. We'll take that. I thought it was Judge for a second. I was like, whoa! I thought I thought he was just up. But um, sorry guys, get a little distracted over here with the Yankee games. But back to Vinny P. Um, in 2019, as a 21 year old, Vinny P. at 294 in the minors. In uh, 2021, he hit 300 across 116 games. Um, Vinny P. Even this year in the minors, he hit 277. So he he has shown that he can hit for a, a plus batting average. Um, I think he's going to grow into that big man body and get that man power. He could easily be a guy that hits you 30 home runs, hits 280. Um, the RBIs are going to be there. I think the runs, uh, it depends where they ha- uh, Kansas City puts him in the lineup. But he's going to be driving in guys like Bobby Witt, you know, um, Mondesi, if he could ever stay on the field. And Honestly, they just have a pr- – <laughs> and they, they pretty much just have a decent young team where, you know, Vinny Pisa in third, fourth in that lineup Bro, got Vinny- a lot, a lot of upside. Next year, Kansas City is going to look like this. It's going to be Nicky Lopez, Bobby Witt, Melendez, and then him in the fall. Yeah, so something along the lines of that definitely sounds sounds right to me. But uh, let's let's move over, you know, to another absolute young stud, somebody that I've been digging on um, when he got called up, you know, told you guys to – it was a pause of the podcast and pick him up moment. You still got a little bit of room left here on him, and that's Gunnar Henderson of the Baltimore Orioles. This kid is just – he was arguably the number one prospect in all of baseball, you know, on um, this year. So the thing is with the kid, um, he comes up and literally translated right away. There was no, there was no transition period. The kid came up and, and he hit the baseball. Um, on the year, Gunnar Henderson at 74 at bats, eight runs, three home runs, 15 RBIs, a steal, and he's hitting 324. Uh, just has not slowed down or missed a beat. The Orioles have actually moved him up in the lineup. On September 20th, he hit first. Um, in the last two days, he's hitting, you know, third. So Gunnar Henderson, man, it looks like the Orioles are are super, super high on him. He's got the spot in the lineup. Um, over the next couple of days, he's going up against the Astros. I think Verlander's supposed to come back, so that might be a tough matchup for the kid. But you know what, man? Somebody who's just hitting the ball like this has got to be, you know, Got, got to be owned. He's only 57% owned on Yahoo. Once again, we're talking about Gunnar Henderson, you know, standout rookie for the Baltimore Orioles. And I will say this. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, six multi-hit games since September 13th. 
So the, the kid's absolutely on fire. I did want to just um, give you guys an example of how good the kid is. I do, I do want to pull up his um, minor league numbers because the kid's absolutely, you know, I think undoubtedly one of the best talents in baseball as far as young hitters go. He's only going to be 22 next year, which is just the sky is the absolute limit. Um, this year in the minors, Gunnar Henderson um, had played 112 games, 101 runs, seven triples, 19 home runs, 76 RBIs, 22 steals. And I love the strikeout to walk ratio, 116 strikeouts, 79 walks. The kid knows how to take a walk. And he hit uh, 297 with a 416 on base percentage. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, man, uh, what else What else can you say about the kid? He's somebody that I think is, is going to be overdrafted next year. But you know what? It might wind up being worth it. And once again, I think he's worth it for the stretch here over the weekend. And I think if you're playing next week, if you're in one of those leagues, unfortunately, that make you ride it out until the end. He gets Boston after that. Boston's pitching is absolutely abysmal. So I think he's going to go out there and take advantage of Boston's uh, pitching next week as well. So you know what? 57% for Gunnar Henderson should be 90% in my opinion. Uh, Gunner's a stud. So, I mean, it's one of those things too. He's playing Milwaukee over the next three days, which is a championship weekend. So, Houston, Houston, Houston. Houston? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong team, Houston. So, if he gets Berber, yeah. it's going to be rough, but I mean, it's still only out of two games. So, I mean, he could probably handle himself the way he's hitting that ball off the thing. Sorry, I'm looking already looking at my next player. So, um, it's one of those things where. Gunner, Gunner could be good, and again, like Dom said, he has some next year possibilities where he's probably going to be a top 100 guy overall. So we'll see yeah, what I he think goes. So. But uh, I think you covered him pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You got a little sub right here, dude. I love the kid. I love the kid. He's really my job. I, I, yeah, yeah. No, no. I do. <laughs> I, 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 I got to get rid of that man because. He, but the the kid is just phenomenal. Gunnar Anderson. Yeah. Also, I didn't mention he's eligible at third and short on Yahoo. He did get that third base eligibility last week. So, you know, just once again, go pick him up. It's a pause the podcast. Just go pick up Gunnar Henderson, especially if you're in um, a keeper league, you know, where you could keep maybe like 10, 12 guys. Um, he's definitely somebody that needs to be in consideration. But Matt, who we got up next, my brother? Um, so we got, we got Mr. Um, Taylor Ward. You know, Mr. Study Stud over here. So we all remember the name from the beginning of the year. We had a whole podcast dedicated to him. And um, he's just, he, he's incredible. He's finally figuring it out now again. And you know what? I'm, I'm pretty happy. I was able to scoop him up a couple of weeks ago because I saw this coming. And now, now I'm ready for him. And, you know, over the last two weeks, seven runs, two bombs, eight ribbies, a stolen base bat in 381. Um, in the last month, 12 runs, three bombs, and 13 ribbies, stolen base bat, and 349. He's having it. He's having it. This week, he already got a bomb. This kid is killing it. I, I think he's going to be a great, 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 great start for this going into this weekend. Let me just pull up who's, who's probably going to face this weekend. So um, He's got the Minnesota Twins. Twins, right, 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 right. I just want to see who's going to be up pitching because I mean, maybe uh, if maybe Joe Ryan, Joe Ryan's pretty good. Yeah. I know there's a, there's no more. Um, what's his name? Mally's out. Um, the pitching there isn't super deep. So, you know, um, as long as he's not facing Joe Ryan, that's, uh, you know, it's still a great, great, great matchup for the kid. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, I think like this weekend's going to be like a, a stat stat, like line the stat sheet for him. You know, Minnesota is nothing to snuff at. So, like, it's just like whatever. Like, he, he should light them up and call it a day and we get shipped. 
So he is Taylor Ward. Sorry, I probably didn't say his name enough. Is 56% owned. So you got like, you know, 44% of these leagues. He should be 100% owned this weekend for this weekend. He's one of those people like anybody who plays fantasy football. You remember Jared Henry, that breakout playoff start? Anybody who picked him up pretty much won their championship. He's one of those people that can bring it home for you. And I think that, you know, he's going to be that difference maker. Like, man, that Taylor Ward, man, he really did it for me. And he's going to be somebody that's going to have an extra year value too. So, like, even if you're not, like, um, in playing right now and you're out of it, he's somebody you should stash because he can have some next year value. He's going to be somebody that's going to be looked at as, oh, you remember what he did in the first half? Oh, you remember what he did at the end of the season? Look what he did in the playoffs because he's going to do something. He's, he's going to be worth it for us. I, I, I have some strong feelings about Taylor Ward. Yeah, I'll say this. I mean, I agree with you in the sense that Taylor Ward, what I, what I like to see about Taylor Ward is this. As Matt said, kid started off the season house on fire, literally was mashing all over the place and he couldn't be stopped. Then I want to say, you know, probably sure. maybe maybe the end of May, beginning of June, it seemed that pitchers had started figuring out how to pitch to him. Right. Then what do you got to do as a hitter? You got to figure out how to, you know, readjust to how the pitchers are now pitching to you. And Taylor Ward has seemed to do that over the past, you know, month or so. Um, you know, he's been he's been very, very good. Um, he's on an eight-game hitting streak. I did want to point that out. And, Matt, I don't know if you said the last 30 days stats, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so as Matt said, the last 30 days, the kid's hitting 349. So, you know, that's a month's worth of stats where he's been on fire. And as Matt mentioned, the Twins don't have a great pitching staff. I don't know if Joe Ryan is up this weekend, who's the only guy that scares me at all on that pitching staff. Uh, but, you know, Taylor Ward's on the eight-game hitting streak um, on September 21st, a bomb with two RBIs. On September 20th, he went two for four, two runs and an RBI. Um, you know, chipped in a little steal over the past week as well, which is always helpful with Taylor Ward. I don't know how highly I will have him ranked going into next year, um, but, you know, he's somebody that I think is like top top 40, top 35 outfielder going into next year. On the year, you know, he's still hitting 273. He's got you 19 bombs. You know, RBI is a little bit lower than you like at 57. Runs are all right at 65. So, you know, he's got chipped in four steals. So, you know, Taylor Ward is definitely somebody you want to keep your eyes on going uh, into next year. If you can get him one of your late-round picks, I think it will definitely be worth it. And, you know, like, especially uh, five-man uh, five outfield leagues, definitely somebody that's going to be worth it uh, heading into next year. So let's wrap it up here. And it's actually, I believe, we have another um, angel on deck, and that's Luis Rengifo, somebody that we've talked about a few times here. I like to call him the Swiss Army Knife. Guy could play pretty much every position. He plays second, third, short, and outfield. And Rengifo, man, is just somebody who kind of came out of nowhere, and the kid hasn't really stopped hitting, you know. Um, over the past two weeks, he's got two double Don games, and that's two two home run games if you're not familiar with the double Don. Um, September 18th, uh, you know, was one of those days, two for four, two home runs, three RBIs, uh, two runs. September 16th was the other one, three for five, three runs, two bombs, four RBIs for Rangifo. And Rangifo's consistently been hitting first in that lineup, you know, for the past, you know, two weeks. And the numbers on the year are pretty impressive, too. Um, a Rangifo on the year, 430 at-bats, 41 runs, 15 RBIs, 47 oh, – 41 runs, 47 RBIs, 15 bombs, six steals, 274 for Rangifo. He's 53% owned on Yahoo. And once again, a guy that gets the twins heading into these last three days. And the Angels do also get Oakland next week. I do want to keep pointing that out for anyone that has to play into next week. Unfortunately, I got a couple of leagues where I have to do that. So, you know, I want to think about you guys as well. So in Oakland's an easy, easy matchup. And 
I think they could highly take advantage of them as far as Rangifo and War to go. Uh, Matt, any thoughts here on the boy Luis Rangifo? Rangifo is somebody else I picked up. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, he's one of those guys where just like, yeah, the Swiss Army knife, you might as well just call him, you know, Mr. Everywhere. Um, the Geef has just been stellar like the last, <laughs> you know, last couple of days. He's been geefing out and just been beefing up, you know, getting the ball out of the park. And I think he could drive it home for you. You know, he, he, he has something special going on. I, I, I like to see what he would do for the rest of the year. He may be somebody interesting for next year, but I think personally he could probably bring it yeah. home for you too, especially with the Swiss Army knife action. Yeah, he's know? he's you know, he's pretty young too. He's only 25 years old. So it's somebody right. that the, that light could be turning on, you know, and you could, once again, I'm not going out there and, and wasting a high-end pick on it, but if you can get a guy that can play four different positions near the end of your draft next year, and Gifo is definitely, you know, someone that you want to look into. For sure. All right, let's move on. Let's stop talking about some bats. Let's start talking about some arms where usually people, you know, need the pickups because, you know, they're, they're you know, arms aren't as easy to come by. And this oh, is yeah. where we really succeed. And this is what's going to drive it home, that pitch and ditch strategy. And I got somebody that's on nobody's radars right now. Somebody that I scooped up today. And this kid, Braxton Garrett, right? Braxton Garrett's 11% owned. I've talked about it before. He was killing it for everybody in fantasy this year. You know, he got hurt, got set down. You know, he, he really was just laying it out there for people. He's a strikeout machine, okay? So on the year, in 73 innings, he has 75 Ks, two wins, 3.68 ERA with a 119 whip. Before he got hurt, he had like several 10-plus Ks games with, with barely giving up runs. The kid was looking lights out. Then he got hurt. But he's been back now. And he only got blown up twice. And honestly, it was in Cincy, which is a hard, hard part to pitch in, and Phillies. Another hard part to pitch at and against the Phillies. So, like, still. But then against Cincinnati, the next time out, 11 Ks. Then he had four Ks against Texas, three Ks against Atlanta, which to be expected to Atlanta. But he didn't give up runs during against Atlanta. And now he's going up against Washington, okay? He's probably going to have, like, 35 Ks. Like, 35. I'm kidding. But he's going to have a lot of Ks. And he's not going to give up a run. Washington just sucks. So... Like, he's somebody, like, you should totally scoop up and just, like, enjoy. Sit back, put your feet up, say, I got the W, I got the Ks, I got the ERA. Let's go Braxton Garrett. Yeah, Matt, um, I'm agreeing with pretty much everything you're saying here as far as Braxton Garrett goes. The kid's kid's been very, very good. Um, And I'll say this. He really turned it on um, his last seven starts before getting hurt. Um. There was, let me, hold on, let me back out and go back in. Okay, so on July 14th was his big breakout game against uh, the Pirates. He struck out 11, didn't give up a run, only walked two and gave up two hits, right? So, you know, I would, that was the coming out party. Then he played the Pirates again, uh, seven strikeouts, only one run. Then he goes to Cincinnati, you know, um, eight strikeouts. Uh, he, he, that was one of the, as Matt pointed out, was one of the games he got blown up. But then he goes back to Cincinnati again, and he, um, you know, only gives up two strikes out 11. So, you know, the kids got, as Matt said, big, big strikeouts upside. And um, I want to read you off those last seven um, uh, game numbers, right? It was 38, 
38 innings for the kid, 46 strikeouts, a 308 ERA. Um, the whip was fairly low as well. It was actually under one, I believe it was like a 09095 around there. So the kids got great, great upside. You know, um, I'm I'm highly impressed. Matt actually Matt actually pointed him out to me um here right before we started the podcast. Didn't even know that he was coming back and against the nationals. If you can get him for this uh start on September 23rd, which is probably today when you're listening to it. But the thing is, I know there's a lot of leagues out there that allow actual daily movement. So if you pick him up that day, he will be in your line for that day if not unfortunately you know you you know it doesn't look as good for him next week i think he gets the mets but you know what if you're able to snag him for his start you know against the nationals i think he could go out there and as matt said he could strike out you know eight nine ten batters and uh you know he could limit the runs as well because as i mentioned on the year it's a three six eight r era for braxton garrett a one one nine whip 75 strikeouts 73 innings and 11 percent on for braxton garrett so you guys want to go out there and uh give him a little snaggy snag um, somebody that I've kind of been infatuated with this year, especially down the stretch. Um, we know we've talked about him numerous times on this podcast, but there is a reason that's John Gray, um, you know, of the Texas Rangers, uh, guy is just, you know, got a lot, a lot of upside. Once again, he's a guy, you know, we kind of, we're a little bit late coming at you this week. So we do apologize. He's another guy that pitches tomorrow, but it's a good matchup against the Cleveland uh, guardians who aren't, who aren't a great baseball team, you know, and John Gray has been, you know, pretty, pretty good on the year with uh, the numbers of, 111 innings, 125 strikeouts, seven wins, 380 RA, and a 1-1-4 whip for John Gray. Once again, he's 44% owned. Oh my! Okay, I thought I thought I saw another home run. I had I had to stop for a second. I thought I saw another home run on the TV. So, uh, but you know, John Gray is great. And then another guy for next year that I think you know when he gets the full year, you know, hopefully he's not injured, but he gets that full second year in Texas. As Matt and I love to say in this podcast, first year on a new team is always tough for adjusting. You know, there's a lot of things that go into that. You know, I'm not going to sit here and break them all down, but um, you know, it's it's tough. So, but that second year with a new team, look at Nolan Arenado this year, and uh, it, it's easier. You get more adjusted to things. So I think John Gray's in for a big year next year. And I think uh, he has a good week, um, you know, a good start uh, tomorrow against um, the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, John Gray's great. I mean, it's going to be a nice little start. I mean, Guardians have been so-so. It depends on the day. You, you still get Jose Ramirez in the lineup. But I think John, oh, Gray, yeah. John Gray can get it done. So, you know, it's one of those things where I think, you know, it's going to be a solid ad. But you pretty much caught him up. So I'm, I'm going to move on here. I'm going to talk about our boy. Yeah. Mr. Dingo, Domingo Herman, Mr. Hit Your Girl. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> yeah, hide your kids, hide your wife. And, uh, you know, bring out, bring out your bets. But, um, you know, for baseball-wise, you know, Domingo is, is going to be a good start this week. He's going up against Boston but at home. Boston is not, has not been hot. They're down for every story. You know, it, it just been, it's just been a storm of just – so I think it's going to be a good start for him. He hasn't really given up too many earned runs just over the last couple starts. Um, he's had two games in the last 10 where he gave up, where he's had higher than um, a 2.7 ERA, right? He had a game at 4.5 and a game at 5.79. And those were five five starts apart. So I think this is going to be a good start for him. He's somebody that could bring it home, help in the ERA. He hasn't been much of a K's guy this year. So, you know, he may get you five, may get you six if you're lucky. Um, but at least he won't hurt you. He can bring it home for you. And if you're struggling with that ERA, you need to get it down. He's probably the guy I'd want to pick up. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Matt. Look, he's going to come and take, uh, you know, Frankie Montas' spot in the rotation here. As Matt mentioned, it's against Boston at Yankee Stadium. He's going to be hyped to get back into that rotation. And uh, he's been super good at suppressing runs this year with a 3-1-2 ERA on the year in 57 innings. As Matt mentioned, not a big K guy on the year, 41 Ks. And the whip's good, too, 1-1-4 whip. Yankees always give you a chance to win. They're a great team. And Domingo Armand's only 29% owned. So another guy that's kind of falling under the radar. Are you know, Kai, that's getting a chance to start again. Going into next week, looks like he might get Toronto. Let me just reassure that for you guys that unfortunately have to go into next week. No, it looks like he gets Baltimore, which is, you know, another team that's all right, you know, so. Uh, and then it looks like he also gets two starts next week and he starts on the final day of the season at the Texas Rangers, which is, you know, a decent matchup. It's not great, not not horrible. So, you know, kind of in the middle. But I think Domingo Amon is somebody you could safely pick up heading into, you know, um, the end of this week and to next week. And he's not going to kill you. So let's go into our last starting pitcher here. Somebody that I actually picked up in a couple of leagues. Uh, somebody that I hoped would have had a better year than he did. But that's Alex Cobb of the San Francisco Giants. Numbers aren't horrible on the year, but they're not as good as I would have liked him to have been somebody that I was kind of drafting at the end of my drafts as a sleeper, but he gets the Arizona Diamondbacks in Arizona on September 24th, so it's a pretty, pretty good matchup for the guy, you know, Mr. Alex Cobb. On the year's numbers are 134.2 innings, 136 K, so he's over a K per nine, six wins, three, four, eight ERA, whips a little high at the one, two, seven mark, but Arizona really doesn't have too many guys that could hurt you in the lineup. You know, you got Christian Walker that could hit a couple bombs, Corbin Carroll, and uh, Dalton Varshow. So, you know, there's a couple guys there you got to pitch around. What'd you say? McCarthy. Sorry, brother. Oh, yeah, McCarthy. Mr. Jake McCarthy's been hot, too. So, you know, there's a couple guys in that lineup that you got to pitch, uh, you know, carefully around. But I feel like Alex Cobb can go out there and get it done for you. He did pitch against Arizona on August 15th, and he went six innings, got the win, five strikeouts, gave up one run. Whip was a little high at 1-3-3. So if you're trying to preserve whip, I might go in a different direction. But, hey, if you need um, a couple strikeouts, you need uh, someone that's not going to give up too many runs, I think Alex Cobb, you know, for his start on the 24th at Arizona – is somebody that you could definitely use. Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. McCarthy, um, McCarthy, Cobb, Cobb, um, Cobb only gives up big games to good teams, right? So these are the times he's gotten lit up in the last month, right? Dodgers, 6.23 innings, uh, two, three earned runs. Colorado, at Colorado, they're not a bad team, but a bad place to hit, right? Four, yeah. four, four or five. Then against San Diego, a five, four, five, forty. And then the Dodgers again, 4-2-6. But the bad teams he takes advantage of, Chicago, 1.5 ERA, 11 Ks. Arizona, 5 Ks, 1.5 ERA. Minnesota, 7 Ks, 0 in runs. Philadelphia, this is a good team. No in runs, 7 Ks. And then even against Atlanta. Atlanta, 7 Ks, 0 in runs. Yeah. And then the Dodgers recently, last week, a 3.3 RA, three Ks. So he's been like all over the place, but he's not destroying you. And I think Arizona is a great matchup. I think he eats him alive. You know, so it's one of those things where, hey, he's pitching Saturday, scoop him up. But let's move on to the closers. Um, it's funny. I actually picked up Miss, the first person I'm going to talk about this week um, because I was down. I lost like all my closers this year. I just, it's been a yeah, I was in the, I was in the same boat as you, brother. I, I had a hard time with the closers this year. Yeah, but um, we'll pick, we'll talk about Johan Dor- Duran here. Duran has been great. He's been getting the opportunities. 
Last week he had two, uh, in the last week he's had uh, two saves. You know, it, it's one of those things where Minnesota Twins are going to be in a position where they might be able to keep the game game tight. I mean, the Angels are good. Like I just hyped up, um, hyped up Taylor Ward and and um, Gifo over there, the Gif. Um, but the big you know, you know, it's not like the Twins can't hit; they just can't pitch. So, like, they can keep the game close, and there could be some save opportunities going into the weekend. And Johan could be the beneficiary of, of this situation and double up on this production and get you some saves. So, I think this weekend he might he might at least snag you one save. It's definitely going to be worth it, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, man, I, I love Johan Duran. The thing with him is um, this year the Twins wanted to mess around and play the Emilio Pagan game. You know, somebody that's getting old isn't really that good anymore. And then they went and got Jorge Lopez, which I don't know why they did that. When you got somebody like Duran sitting waiting back there, you know, and Duran's just been good. You know, as Matt mentioned, picked up a couple saves in the last week. But on the year, his numbers are super impressive for a guy that's 24 years old getting his first shot in the bigs. Uh, Duran has played in 55 games this year, a 178 ERA, eight saves, 65.2 innings with 87 strikeouts. He's a strikeout machine, and the whip is absolutely um, stellar at a 095 whip. Somebody that I think is going to be, um, you know, an amazing, amazing closer in the future, especially even next year, you know, a guy's going to be 25 years old, you know, getting older, only getting better. It looks like, in my opinion, he's got great stuff. Those are good fastball, got good breaking stuff as well. So, you know, the pitch mix is there. I think next year guy could be easily a top 10 closer. Once again, we're talking about Johan Duran here and he's 46% owned on Yahoo. So in over half your leads, you can go out there and snag Mr. Duran. Next guy I want to talk about is actually someone that came out of nowhere that I got to give Matt and I a little pat on the back, you know, um, for, cause uh, we, we literally, um, you know, uh, spoke about this guy uh, last time we were with you guys and we didn't know where it was going to head, but Domingo Acevedo of the Oakland athletics he wound up being a pretty good ad with uh, about three saves on the week, uh, no earned runs, an under one whip. Uh, guy kind of came out of nowhere, and uh, Matt and I, you know, recommended him to you guys. And if you guys listened, it totally paid off here because you know he uh, has got the closer job here in Oakland. I know the next couple of games are against the Mets, you know, but then they get the Angels next week, so you know um, he might be in line for a few more saves. Uh, Acevedo is 9% owned on Yahoo. Once again, Domingo Acevedo on the Oakland Athletics. Getting opportunities down here to save games down the stretch. Numbers on the years are pretty good. 64.2 innings, 55K. So he's not a strikeout, big strikeout guy, but he's got three wins, four saves, 3-3-4 ERA and a 097 whip. And it's um four saves since September 14th. So just somebody that you want to go out there and snag. And I'm just going to burn off the last few here, Matt, unless you've got any thoughts about Acevedo. I'm just going to burn these last couple ones here for you. Um, not to beat a dead horse, but I've been ranting about Alexis Diaz since pretty much, you know, he's got the opportunity to save games here, um, you know, uh, this year uh, with the Cincinnati Reds. I know it's been another situation where it's been back and forth for the kid. They really haven't let him run loose with the job. But another guy that's got, um, you know, uh, he's got a two save since September 15th. He got one on the 21st. So it looks like Cincinnati is going to, you know, um, let, let the kid run with it here at the end of the stretch. He gets Milwaukee and the Milwaukee end of this week. Pirates next week, 43% owned for Alexis Diaz. Um, read your, read your numbers on the year. It's 58.2 innings. This guy is a strikeout machine with 76 strikeouts, six wins, eight saves, one 
5.84 ERA and 0.97 win for Alexis Diaz. And as I've said every time that I've talked about this kid, it is Edwin Diaz's little brother, so it runs in the family to just be a great closer and save games. Um, and then we'll just run it off with our last guy here, and that's Jose Leclerc. Somebody, you know, that has been a closer before in past years, and, um, you know, it looks like uh, Texas has given it to him down the stretch again this year. I know they've been through a few different guys, but um, Mr. Leclerc is the one that's running away with it at the end of this year. And um, let's see with uh, Leclerc. He's actually been very, very dominant of late. It's four saves since September 11th. Um, he's only given up, looks like, one run in that time period. The whip is pretty good. It looks like it's about one. Um, on the year, Jose Leclerc has a 3.02 ERA, 1.10 whip, six saves, 44.2 innings, 49 Ks, and he's 32% owned on Yahoo. So these are all guys that are owned, and you could go out there and snag him. And it's crazy at the end of the year that you could find, you know, very talented um, closers that are just getting the job done here. So, you know, out of all of them, uh, I think I would rank them probably Duran, Diaz, Leclerc, and Acevedo, but they're all very good. All of them are very good. You know, Acevedo was 9% owned. Uh, Diaz was in the 30s. Leclerc is uh, 32. Um, Alexis Diaz was about, you know, in the 40s there. So all four of these guys, you know, could go out there and help you, you know, uh, win a championship, especially if you need saves. Matt, any thoughts, my brother, as Aaron Judge comes up uh, as we're closing out the podcast? We got we to at least have this at back going on, my brother. Any thoughts here? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I, got, so I got no thoughts on everything else. You pretty much covered everybody pretty perfectly. But I do want to wish everybody good luck going into the championship weekend. Um, hopefully all our fans are getting them MDs championships and have been no, following sir. through. I hope everybody enjoyed this season. Um, next year, Next week, we're going to have one episode and then – we're going to move forward to one episode a month up until January. And then we're going to decide from there how we move forward. But we're looking forward to season two. Um, tune in for next week, too, because next week is going to be our fantasy MVPs. We'll give you some pickups for next week, too, if you're somehow in a terrible league that's running next week. Um, and, you know, then from there, you know, next year is a lot of going to be a lot, a lot of new things. Hopefully a little bit more of the displays and things like that that we can bring to you for to enhance our podcast going into season two. Um, season two, hopefully to be, you know, the real takeoff and, you know, we kind of made all our mistakes this year and we just want to thank you for being with us this year. And we, we really feel like it's been a great season and, um, you know, thank you to everybody in the audience. Um, it's been a, it's been a great time. Yeah, Matt, very, very well said, my brother. I'll just chime in with you on that and um, say pretty much the same thing in my own little way. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a very interesting ride for Matt and I into this year. You know, we, we, we didn't know how we would fare. If you guys don't know, it's literally just the two of us doing everything as far as graphics, video editing, getting the videos up, getting the audio up. It's just the two of us, you know, getting all the show notes together, everything. Literally, it's just the two of us doing it all. So, you know, we appreciate all the love we've gotten. I, as Matt said, I think we We've done pretty good for a new podcast, just two men, you know, going out there and giving the information. Uh, thank you all. We hope that we've helped in some sort of way. We've gotten a lot of love along the way. And we appreciate all that. Um, once again, as my brother Matt said, we're going to try our best to have a lot of improvement coming into next year in, in multiple different areas. So stay tuned for that. 
And once again, this isn't the end of this year yet. We got a got a little bit more left in the tank for you guys. You know, help try and help you get those championships into next year. And we'll do a little nice wrap up of uh, how we felt the season went and MVPs. You know, rookie of the year and all of that stuff. And uh, once again, we hope we've at least thrown our hat in the ring for rookie of the year as far as uh, fantasy baseball podcast goes. You know, so if uh, if if you feel that we have, you know, let us know because we think that we've done pretty well here. We've gotten a lot of love and uh, Aaron Judge walks. You know, to end out this uh, episode for us. You know. So um, once again, guys, thank you. Thank you. It's been a it's been a great, great year. And we appreciate every single one of you that have listened to this podcast or supported us in any way at all. You know, um, sincerely. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. But with that, with that being said, guys, you know, until until next week. Peace. Peace.